Hello, I am Packrip Ewing, host of Pardon the Gas, NBA Top Shot and NFT collector and founder of Packrip Media, and I just spent the past two hours watching Coco Melon with my seven-month-old daughter. Hi, uh, this is Vivek Ravishankar, co-host of Pardon the Gas, and I own zero fucking pickles. This is Dr. Jeremy here, and welcome to PackRip Media Presents Pardon the Gas, a weekly NFT roundup show where each week I attempt to somehow, by the grace of God, keep Pack reviewing and Vivek Ravishankar on task as we talk about all of the latest in the metaverse. Gentlemen, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm very excited. This is literally the first time Vivek and I are actually speaking to each other. I can feel the energy in the air, Vivek. Do you feel that? I do. Um, I am excited to chat with you guys. And uh, there's been a lot going on in the last week that I think uh, we can uh, we can do some justice to here. So, Well, let's jump it. right into it, guys. CryptoFunks, the saga continues. There has been a lot happening with CryptoFunks over the past several months. And this past week, it was delisted for the third time. So, Larva Labs had sent a DMCA requesting OpenSea to take it down, but it has opened up a conversation around the the idea of CryptoFunks. Are they uh, a, a fair open derivative or are they plagiarism? So Vivek. If you ask me, it's plagiarism. If you also ask me, I don't care very much. But anyway, anything that a high school AP calculus student can write a program for to turn one into the other. It's not different. I just flip it in a mirror. Come on, guys. <laughs> I actually strongly disagree, believe it or not. I, I don't think it's plagiarism at all. I think it's performance art. Um, performance art, which I think is kind of the theme of this week in the NFT metaverse. But uh, I don't think it's really plagiarism. I just think it's rich people afraid that their assets are going to depreciate in value. It, it has brought up a lot of differences in between how um, the, the the team that created Board Ape and their name is escaping me. It starts with a Y. Someone help me. Yuga Labs. Thank you. Yuga Labs and Larva Labs have handled their intellectual property. They handle it in very, very different ways, right? Uh, but I, I think it, it, it raises this point of, um, so how do you guys define a derivative then? That's my question to you. Vivek, do you want to take that first? Yeah, I don't. Again, I think Larva Labs did the best they could with the information they had. Do you really think they thought that auction houses were going to be dropping alien crypto punks for $8 million? I don't think so. I, well, I don't even think the concept occurred to them. I don't think they thought we could do it this way or that way and decided to do it this way. So that, I think yeah, that's my answer right? to that part. My answer to the other part is, Packrip, I see what you're saying. It's performance art. It, it, it's not very good performance art, is it? No, it's terrible performance <laughs> art, but it is still performance art nonetheless. And people are into it. And I think they're into it whether they think it's a scathing social commentary or they think it's an opportunity for them to make money um whether in in good faith or not um you know there's a, a funk is punk a letter to larva labs which is the 
the letter that they actually wrote in protest of being delisted. And that letter was minted as an NFT and sold for 1.65 ETH. So everything about this is being productized and monetized and parodied and spun into its own just like a unique and fun saga. But I do think that it is very much kind of an instance of your favorite indie band when they go mainstream and suddenly they're in Toyota commercials and cashing big checks and they're not really making good music anymore. And you're kind of like, shit, I really liked them five years ago and nobody really knew about them anymore. So it's this to me is kind of like your favorite indie band going mainstream and suddenly they've lost a lot of their edge and they're certainly more successful, but uh, you know, you don't really love them for the same reason you used to. Because let's be real, CryptoPunk's art isn't that good. Like the art itself is like a fifth grader using Microsoft Paint, no offense. So let's not pretend that people are like buying CryptoPunks for the art. They're buying it because they thought it was a good investment. And now they feel like their investment is potentially at risk. Now that I- now that PacRip has, you know, trolled Kings of Leon without saying their name for the past several minutes, Vivek, I'm going to allow you to get the final word in on this one before we move on to our next item. My final word is this. Ask yourself, as you should with everything else, is there anyone who's excited about this as performance art or as an intellectual experiment that isn't also trying to sell one of these things for five times as much as they paid for it? Fair enough. We're going to move on, gentlemen. Uh, A lot has been made this week on NF Twitter about DYOR disclosures. People have been having the conversation on what is the sort of um, the manner in which people who are being compensated or gifted NFTs should be communicating their invested interest in a project when they're tweeting about how excited they are about this new avatar PFP NFT project. Uh, so I, I guess I'd want to hear from Packrep. I'm going to start with you. You know, what what is the role of the quote unquote influencer or person who's accepting some sort of financial benefit or asset in in terms of um, when they're involved in a project? What should be done, in your opinion? Yeah, it's a really interesting topic. I come from a marketing background, so I'm very familiar with some of the rules and regulations traditionally in place around advertising and marketing, even, you know, finance or insurance industries, which are more heavily regulated, there are really, really specific rules around what you can or can't say and what you need to disclose in advance. I mean, everyone has seen a really shitty pharmaceutical commercial, which is like 10% people dancing in fields and 90% someone reading uh, side effects. And I think that in a way, the NFT community is the complete opposite of that world because everything that you do is completely transparent. That is the beauty of the blockchain and everything that we're kind of dealing with right now. All you have to do is look and you could see whether that person received a payment or received compensation in the form of the product that they're advertising. When someone is posting an ad on Instagram and it's not disclosed, it's not like you can go take a picture of their living room and analyze whether or not that couch was a gift from the company that they're advocating for, right? There's an obligation for them from whatever regulatory agency to disclose ad or sponsored. And that is really loosely regulated. And it's not very often that it's actually enforced. Um, You'll see plenty of very blatant ads that are not labeled as ads on Instagram for tangible goods. But I can go on anyone's OpenSea wallet and see whether or not they were paid. And it's really, you know, it takes five minutes of work to figure it out for yourself. So my, my, what bothers me about it is really the fact that people are just too lazy to check. And then they get swindled and they feel stupid for wasting their money. Vivek. Believe it or not, we like the pack rip on this one. 
I mostly agree. Uh, So you can check using the blockchain. I don't think it's quite as easy as Packrip just made it out to be. Uh, I think if you were to ask 99 out of the 100 people that I interact with most on any given day in in discords, on Twitter, they wouldn't be able to tell you how to do what Packrip just described. It's not easy. And what makes it even harder is, um, you know, not to name names, but one recent such transaction involved basically an intermediate wallet in between the person making the payment and the per- and the influencer receiving the payment. That actually, believe it or not, makes it much harder. They were money laundering. That is the NFT equivalent of washing the money. And they were doing that pretty deliberately, probably. But I would, you know, most of these things, while the ETH itself on an, as a number on the screen looks like a small amount, are relatively expensive. And if you're going to drop two grand on a piece of digital art, shouldn't you kind of know how to do this stuff? Shouldn't you take the time to learn and, and kind of have a sense of what you're getting, getting yourself into? I think that hurts the potential growth for the space. So you prefer ignorant investors? No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm saying the opposite, which is that, yes, I would like informed investors, but I'd also like low barriers to participation. I'd like someone with a few hundred bucks to be able to say, hey, I can come in and do this. Like I can own a picture of a, a doge or of a goat or of a, or, or maybe I can even own some one-of-one art of somebody uh, that, that, that somebody has created that speaks to me because it's about themes that I care about. But I don't have to feel like I'm being taken advantage of. Could, can I ask this question to both of you before we move off this topic? You know, a lot of these influencers, quote unquote influencers, because I, to be honest, I don't believe they're that influential. Um, <laughs> you know, I, my question to you is, like, who the hell's buying this stuff because somebody tweets about it? Like, I think at its core, a lot of people are in this space to day trade and to make quick money, right? And if you are looking at this as an investment, not as a collection, like you're, you're, you're both, you, maybe you do enjoy collecting the art, but you're also in it to make significant ETH, then shouldn't you be responsible for the full burden of understanding what the hell you're doing? I think I'm, I'm kind of with Packrip on this one. Vivek, what's your thoughts on that? People who have been making decisions about how to spend their dollars on things they don't absolutely need based on the word of celebrities since time immemorial, this is nothing new. And since this space is so new and so few traditional celebrities are involved, what passes for celebrities are people with high Twitter follower accounts who seem to speak with a voice of authority, who make declarative statements and um, give new people the sense that they know what they're talking about. Uh, One of the few exceptions, somebody who has quote unquote, made it prior to NFTs, who has come over to here, and in my mind has generally been a good actor, as far as I can tell, is um, Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V, right? Absolutely. Um, but, not not but, and he moves markets with good reason, right? He moves markets a lot. When he says he's going to get in, involved in a project or even that he's excited by a project, it triples in, in floor price overnight. Um, but then again, you have a bunch of, um, 
bad actors um, doing lower scale versions of that same thing and themselves moving markets. Uh, and, and to, to Backrip's point, if you look at the blockchain, blockchain doesn't lie. Typically, you see them buy something, say something about it, and then sell it. That's what we yeah. in other markets call pumping and dumping. Now, my my closing thought on this topic is that if you are XYZ person sitting on their couch with ETH to burn, and you decide to invest in a project based on what that person makes their profile picture or shills on Twitter or misleads you into thinking is a good buying decision through their manufactured excitement, and that doesn't work out, you should actually probably be more angry at the project than the person, because it's their responsibility to actually deliver on their roadmap and create value and build something sustainable, as opposed to a one-week inflationary surge in, in buying and then just going away, right? Like, the projects should be longer than a week long before they're complete distant memories in everyone's mind and just sitting in your wallet with no value whatsoever. So... Yeah, you might be mad because you bought something you didn't really think you wanted, but the project should hopefully deliver, and it's it's really on them to create value long term. Going to move on from this one. We're going to go to Top Shot. Basically, what I want to know from each of you, I want to do a sentiment check, and, and you can give a score from one to a hundred on on how pleased you are with a hundred being the highest score you could give, and one being the lowest score you could give on the state of Top Shot right now. I want to know your score and I want to know your rationale. Vivek, you're up first. Yeah. Uh, so I would say that my sentiment is about as high as it can be, leaving aside the money stuff, which to me puts a little bit of a cap on it because I am part of the January, February cohort that lost I my I need money. a number, my friend. Give me a number. Uh, a five-figure number, but not a six-figure number. No, That's not in your money. I'm talking about out of, out of 100. <laughs> where are you? Ah, um, let's go with an 85. Okay. Keep going. So in my mind, two months ago, they were at a 60 or a 65. Things, things were not in my mind going, well, that's a failing grade. Well, we're, we're way up into the past range now. And the reasons why are the event raffles and the celebrity partnerships. The event raffle got people super excited, myself included. I didn't win, but I don't care. You don't win them all, right? Um, I think the one partnering with the NBA draft is a fantastic idea. I think anything where you can take advantage of being the unique partner of one of the biggest brands out there in the in the in the NBA is good, and they should do as much of it as possible, as much of it as the commissioner and the teams and the and the, and the players will allow. Uh, now, a couple other quick things. I th- I think. It seems to me, and maybe the math doesn't bear me out here, but the number of moments coming out per week seems to be slowing down a little. I don't know if that's because we're near the end of the season or what, but that gives me some comfort that maybe they're getting the message that flooding the market is no bueno. Um, The only thing that besides the money that would take me down to an 80-85 range is it sounds like they screwed up things with um, delivering on moments from the Olympics. I wish they had not kind of gone back and forth on that one. They teased it, it a bit, like didn't they? It seems like they didn't understand the details, and um, there was just kind of a legal, technical issue there. Pack? I don't think they ever intended on minting moments from the Olympics. I think they planned on running marketing ad, uh, content and campaigns, contests involving Olympic players, 
based around Olympic activity. Mm -hmm. And maybe the rules around kind of Olympic branding or naming um, was more specific than they realized where they're using players that are in the Olympics from their NBA games in a quest or in a challenge, and that might not have been allowed. I'm okay with that. I mean, the Olympics are kind of overrated, to be honest. <laughs> um, but I would give Top Shot an 88 right now. I'm surprised how close we are, Vivek, considering I'm such an optimist and you're typically more of a realist. Um, hey, you know, you know what? I, I recognize forward progress. Yeah. We're making good moves. Yeah, I think it's very easy to get hung up on the money, obviously, because if you came in at the wrong time and you bought at the top of the market, you know, there's a reason to be upset about that, uh, for better or for worse. But if you take a step back, I mean, A, amazing NBA Finals, very, very fulfilling ending to the season. I'm glad the season is over. What a crazy season <laughs> this is. It's hard to believe this has all been one NBA season. It feels like a lifetime. Yeah, I know. But it's it, we're 24 days into July, right? We got NBA Finals VIP experience, NBA Draft VIP experience, common, rare, and legendary pack drops. They implemented tiers to make pack drops more equitable for everyone. They added championship badges to the marketplace. They ran 14 quests, showcases, or trivia-based contests, which is basically one every other day. And then they rolled out a campaign with Quavo, who's one of the biggest and most influential you know, rappers and hip-hop artists in the world. And they took it to a point where He's not just buying some moments and putting his branding on something to attach the, the brand and, and that kind of name to it, but they're using his music in the legendary pack drop, which is awesome. We were always talking about, I think, in our community, and at least in our circle, when are we going to get some like custom new music, custom new pack art to accompany certain drops? And they did that, and they did it with one of the biggest artists in the world. So maybe Drake is next. Who knows? But that's a good start. I couldn't agree more. Uh, this is this latest version of how dope I thought the Mike Conley talk track moment was. Yeah. I was hoping they'd come out with one of those like once every month. So I'm glad we are, again, making forward progress. I'm optimistic. I Love just it. just saw a tweet from Adam Schefter saying that Weird Al Yankovic has been commissioned for the first legendary drop of uh, Series 3. Your Your response to that, gentlemen? The Collector's Paradise remix. Yep. I look forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a banger for sure. Um, I believe that the uh, the overlap between Top Shot Collectors and Weird Al fans is probably just a, a complete circle. Yeah, <laughs> there, yeah, exactly. Um, a, weird, they, a Weird Al NFT collection is long overdue. Of, I all, mean, he, of all the people he would who be like, the don't celebrity, think right? cool who that have would, NFTs. Yeah. I'd rather mint that than a pickle, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on, that, on that pack rip, we agree. Hey, but the minting process for the pickle was smooth and it was well done, man. I found it pretty sour. That was a pickle joke, guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh I, I, I know you were trying to make a joke. It just didn't hit Vivek <laughs> the right way, apparently. All right, last segment of the show. Well, we have two more segments of the show. Uh, this segment is a weekly feature that we're going to call I'm Mad as Hell and I'm Not Going to Take It Anymore. I'm going to give you each 60 seconds to go as crazy as you want about what has irked you the most in the NFT space this week. Pack Rip, you are first. When it comes to reply guys on Twitter, I am mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. If all you contribute to the community, to the to the discourse, is bitching and moaning about the same thing over and over again, you're just going to get fucking blocked. I'm a leader in the community, quote unquote. I'm a content creator. I like speaking to people and mixing it up. 
But if all you have is one perspective that you're going to hammer home over and over again, I'm done with you. And that's a warning to anyone and everyone. If you are going to come at me in my replies, bitching and moaning about your account value being down or anything else negative, solely negative with no other perspective or anything to contribute, you're fucking done. I'm done with you. And I don't care. I've been nice enough for long enough. You're finished. You've been warned. I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. Reply guys on Twitter. Wow. Hot. That was hot. Vivek, I don't know how you're going to respond to that. That's a tough act to follow. When it comes to gas wars, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. The math just isn't great. And it's getting worse every day. And I'm hearing from more and more people, why is it that I have the same amount of money or the same amount of ETH or less ETH than I did before? Let me tell you why. Because you paid 0.08 for the mint itself. You paid 0.04 more in gas. That's 0.12. That is $240. That means pretty much everything you mint has to be successful. And pretty much every time you need to get the exit timing right. And you have to do it against people who who are flipping these things to make a living and are really good at it. When it comes to gas wars, I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it. Yeah, that's a great one. I, I mean, OpenSea did make an announcement that they were going to move away from um, gas, right? I saw this this week, but it wasn't very clear on how many of the transactions are going to be moved to this new system. There are gasless Ethereum blockchains. Palm is a good example. Um, and, and you can, so I mean, I think, to be honest, that's what keeps me out of a lot of projects is I just, I'm, I can't stomach the gas. For that's a good <laughs> stomach the gas, I can't stomach it. I just the idea of, of spending 0.04 just for the chance to mint something is is no. I'm yeah. not doing that. No thanks. So we we were really excited about Matic for a while, and then people actually started having to use Matic. Yeah, is that right? Now oh, people Matic. are not excited about Matic anymore. It takes an hour, best case, to buy something using Matic. Matic is like the AP calculus to East, like algebra. <laughs> yeah, there's multiple checkpoints, and it's not ever clear how far you are in the process. I Yeah, I mean, I feel like you need a PhD to use this blockchain. It's unbelievable. You very well might. We're going to move on to our, our final segment of the week, which if, we're gonna, if I'm going to let you rant and be as angry as you can possibly be, I want to tell me what your favorite thing of the week was, and then we're going to wrap up. So... Uh, Vivek, you're first. Best thing that happened this week in the NFT metaverse is? Yeah. So look, we talk a lot about big charity donations and all that is good. But let's talk a little bit about community and bringing it down to the to the personal level. So I'm, I'm part of a community of uh, 10,000 alien avatars called the Alien Boy. One of our uh, one of our brothers there was tragically shot a couple weeks ago. So he was shot three times in the side and was was hospitalized. I'm not going to name him specifically, just out of respect. Um, he is, as of a couple days ago, out of the hospital and at it again. And uh, members of the Alien Boy community, super supportive the entire way, uh, both you know financially and just with good words. So again, it's the little things. And for that, we are very happy, very happy this week to be a part of the NFT community. Pack rib. That's beautiful, Vivek. I didn't know that. Very nice to hear that. Um, 
My favorite thing of the week isn't necessarily NFT related directly. It will eventually be an NFT, which I'm very excited about. And I will buy it however the hell I have to, whether I get it in a pack or I get it on the marketplace. My favorite thing of the week is the Giannis coronation. And there are really like two particular moments that just make me warm and, and fuzzy inside. The, uh, the Drew Holiday slow motion ultra HD steal of Devin Booker passing it. Giannis for the alley-oop that just ends the series overlaid with Father Stretch My Hands by Kanye West is just art. It's incredible. I don't know if the Top Shot moment equivalent of that in the Legendary Pack coming up is going to match how beautiful that video clip is, but I love it. Those were Giannis' 50th points. That put the series to bed. It was just a pure hustle and show masterclass. And then the next morning, Giannis at Chick-fil-A ordering 50 damn nuggets. I mean, like, it's just, I love Not 49, not 51. Not 51, 50, 50. And you know what? It's nice to have an NBA superstar that doesn't take himself too seriously and knows how to have fun and knows how to smile and have a good time. And people just genuinely love. There's very little to hate about Giannis. And I could support that. I mean, if he makes the Knicks' lives a, a living hell for the next decade and we never win a championship, I'll live with that because Giannis is awesome. That's a great one to, to wrap up on. Pack Rip, anything you want to highlight from Pack Rip Media that's either just been released or is coming up soon? I guess my other favorite thing of the week is that this week I started a media company. And, and Jeremy, you're part of that. And, and Vivek, now that you're part of this podcast, whether indirectly or directly, you're part of it too. But, you know, we've been firing on all cylinders. Um, as we record this, we're on day six. Uh, this is our third podcast that we've had released. Jeremy, you've spoken with some really interesting people this week. Um, the chief digital officer at Starbucks, uh, uh, one of your media and, and sports radio icons from Chicago. We've had Top Shot Swicky post three different Board Ape Yacht Club profiles of different members of the community. Adam Fish, Joe Swam, Chris Otis, just letting it all out on the blog. And it's been it's been really fulfilling. I mean, I don't know what will happen down the road, but I am really pleased with how things have gone in the first week. And I look forward to building in public with everyone else. Well, that's a great way to wrap this up. We will be back next Monday on your morning drive ready with episode two of Pardon the Gas. This is your host, Dr. Jeremy. I want to thank our wonderful uh, and you guys, you guys were a little more kumbaya than I expected. We're going to have to make sure that we just set you both on fire for next week's episode. But Vivek and Pack Rip, thank you so much for your time. And we will see you next Monday on Pack Rip Media Presents Pardon the Gas.